The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Thank you very much, Eamon. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder here on News Talk. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Gavin Dowd is back for another edition of In Our Defence, wherein Gavin tells us all about a case from Irish legal history which may seem like a peculiarity on the face of it, but it is nothing of the sort of the ramifications we still live with uh, today. I should say at the outset, uh, we've had some really interesting cases here and you can listen back to all of them. They're on the News Talk app. Just subscribe to the hard shoulder there so you don't miss out. Gavin, what are we talking about this week? Today, it's one of the most significant constitutional challenges of probably the past century, but one with quite a sad ending. Well, ultimately a very happy ending, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. This is David Norris's challenge to the law that uh, cr- effectively criminalised homosexuality in Ireland. It's 1983. David Norris has been campaigning for about 10 or 15 years and has been, I guess, the face of the gay rights movement in Ireland. And he brought a challenge to two laws, the Offences Against the Person Act 1861 and the Criminal Law Amendment Act 1885, which, in fact, Oscar Wilde had been convicted under under that law. So uh, the, the two laws prohibited males who either in public or private committed or attempted to commit an act of gross indecency with another male. And uh, as David Norris joked about this, you know, it's bad enough being convicted of uh, committing an act of gross indecency, but to be convicted of attempting an act of gross indecency and not do the act yet still get the the conviction is another thing entirely. And uh, the other offence was the offence of buggery, which could only be committed by a male. So it was 1983. It was part of his... He's a, a political strategy to change the law in Ireland and to to change attitudes yeah, towards homosexuality. Because there'll be people listening, and, and they'll you know they'll be aware of this from a cultural point of view. Yeah. This case, um, uh, and they they might be uh, of the mistaken belief that it was it was illegal to be gay in Ireland. It, like it it wasn't illegal to be gay. That like the, no. the the law he was challenging were like physical acts, we'll put it that way, that yeah, were against the law. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, I mean, if, if you are gay, I mean, that's, that yeah, is your sexuality. It's effectively it? the you same know? thing. It is effectively, effectively the, the same, same thing. thing. Absolutely. Uh, so his barristers were a man called Garrett Cooney and Mary Ro- Robinson. Yes, the same Mary yes. Robinson. And the first day that Garrett Cooney got up in court and uh, identified his, his client, David Norris, he said, my client is a congenital irreversible homosexual which was the, the <laughs> classic line. line but throughout the case homosexuality is is discussed in language it's almost like an illness or a, a condition mm. he's he's described as in, an involuntary chronic and irreversible homosexual by one of the judges at one point. Um, now, David Norris had never been... <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I, it's easy to laugh at it now because we've moved on In, so in hindsight, it but is I mean, funny at know, the time. An involuntary homosexual. Yeah. But as Compared to all the voluntary homosexuals <laughs> walking around out there, you just maybe do it, you know, the, uh, every second Thursday. A recreational yeah, homosexual, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, now, David Norris has never been prosecuted under either of these laws, even though he was openly gay, uh, but he said he had Were suffered... Many people? Like, sorry, Oscar Wilde was. But by the 1980s, like, were people actively being prosecuted? Uh, he said that, yes, there there were people who, who were, uh, but they completely shied away from publicity. And when they were looking for someone to take this case, okay. uh, he, he tried to ask, would any of you be interested? Because you're someone who's actually been prosecuted and has good standing to take the case, but... The last thing they wanted was the world or the country to to know about their sexuality. Um, So David Norris was the the face of the litigation. And he said he suffered great anxiety uh, from the law and a fear that he'd be prosecuted. And we might have a listen to him now talking about uh, an incident which occurred which uh, led to him taking the case. Now, my mother's family have been in this country for several thousand years. 
Uh, and I, they survived the Vikings, the Danes, the Normans, the Tudor, the whole bloody lot of them. And I was damned if I was going to be shoved out of this country for being a fairy. So um, that annoyed me. But that gave me the leverage to be able to take the case uh, because I could show that as an Irish citizen, I'd been told that I wasn't welcome in this country. Okay, so 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 this spurs him on to take the case, the incident he describes there. Um, what what is his argument beyond beyond uh, like the the obvious argument that everybody listening to this is that it is just grossly unfair? I mean <laughs> yeah. that that doesn't really stand up as a legal argument. I'm sure in the 1980s, what what does he say? Yeah, he has a couple of arguments. So he says it conflicts with constitutional values. The the start of the constitution, our preamble, talks about prudence, justice, and charity. Now. The preamble also talks about our obligations to our divine Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see a bit of a, a, a tug of war there, which could arise. Uh, he said it was discriminatory because it only applied to males and to not, not to females. The, the offence of gross indecency was males with males. It didn't apply if it was a female and a female. And it was a breach of his privacy. This was the most intimate part of his life. And he had, as he said, a constitutional right to privacy. They were the, his main arguments. Chief Justice O'Higgins uh, gave the leading judgment to the case and two other judges sided with him and agreed with him. And he relied largely on evidence from a guy called Professor West. Professor West was a professor of clinical criminology okay. from Cambridge. And again, in hindsight, this line that I'm about to read you is rather comical. But was, was, was he a witness who had been called? He was a witness okay. who had been called by David Norris, actually. Oh, so right. he'd done research about uh, homosexuality and he'd published a report. And here's one of the lines uh, that he, he quoted in court. He said... People, uh, describing homosexual people, people whose lives centre on short-term liaisons facing loneliness and frustration as they lose their sexual attractiveness with advancing age. Now, I think the latter part of that could probably (laughs) apply to to any of us. Uh, But that was a line which was was read out in court. And Chief Justice O'Higgins put a lot of weight on this guy's evidence. And he said, yeah, okay, people have a right to privacy. And the state can only interfere with that right to privacy when the uh, issue, where, where it affects morality or it affects public order. And he says, well, this law does affect morality and public order. Number one, you know, Christianity has always condemned homosexuality. Mm-hmm. So it offends Christian morality. Number two, there was evidence that it's, uh, homosexuality leads to an increased transmissibility of sexually transmitted infection, so it's a public health issue. Uh, Number three, he said it undermines marriage because people who are, I don't know, tempted to homosexuality who are in marriage might leave their wives. All those voluntary homosexuals we (laughs) talked about. Exactly, there you go. There you go. And he says the constitution says the state has a duty to protect the institution of marriage and this would be being kind of reckless. And he says it, it results in unhappiness. Uh, to ah, gay yes, people, yes, uh, homosexuality. That you know? is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Well, well known. Famously, well, gay uh, people are really not fun <laughs> and not happy. Yes, Never smile. M- much, much. They are. They are. Uh, gay people are happier people when they are forced to be chased by the state. <laughs> I, I've, I've often said it. I've often said it. Uh, did any judges dissent? <laughs> yeah, there were there were two judges that dissented. Unfortunately, it was kind of too little, too late for Norris because three judges had had followed the lead of Chief Justice O'Higgins. And Judge Henshi was one of those, and he took a different look at the evidence. And he said, "What's the, the elephant in the room here is that the Attorney General, i.e. the state in this mm. case, didn't bring forward any witnesses to show that this law, if it was changed, would have an effect on public order or morality. 
the state the state literally did not seek to defend themselves. Uh, well, it made its arguments, but it, it didn't, bring didn't bring forward any any witnesses. any witnesses or anyone to give expert evidence like all these people were wow. given in court. You know, um, on witnesses. Here is David Norris describing some of the witnesses who came into the case. We had the the president of the American Psychiatric Association uh, at the Professor Spiegel at the time when they changed the classification of homosexuality as an illness. They removed it from the category as an illness. Uh, we had Rose Robertson from Parents' Inquiry in London. We had various theologians and statisticians and I don't know what else and all the rest of it. And interestingly, the government completely failed to, int- to introduce any evidence, whatever. Um, so uh, that was my part uh, in, in, in really in the thing. And I, I went to America, for example, and I, I interviewed people there and I spoke to them and I, uh, I uh, got uh, court cases that had been taken in the States and so on, precedents and so on. But the main thing was the witnesses. Yeah, ultimately, all, all too little, too late is the, the turn of phrase you use, Gavin. I mean, he loses the case. Where, where does David Norris go from there? Well, he goes to the European Court of Human Rights. We, we brought up the European Court of Human Rights before a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the, the gay cake case. Yeah. It just happens to be on the, same, <laughs> on the same topic. But he has a strong precedent that he can rely on. There's a guy called Garrett Dudgeon who had challenged pretty much an identical law in the UK just a couple of years beforehand. And he had been successful in the European Court of Human Rights. So he can rely on that. And the European Court of Human Rights says that it's a breach of his private and family life. But, remarkably, because the European Court of Human Rights comprises judges from different countries, there's an Irish judge on that court, and the Irish judge decides against Norris. So, all the way to the very top, the apex of the, the human wow. rights justice system, uh, the Irish state goes against David Norris. Uh, not enough, though, for the Irish uh, state. David Norris ultimately has his day in court. He ultimately has his day in court. He's successful. But then it's some years until the law is actually changed. It wasn't until maybe 1992, 1993 that yeah. Maura Gagan Quinn uh, changed the law in this area. So the government really dragged their feet. Uh, I, I keep going back to the, the, the uh, involuntary homosexuals, <laughs> the implication. <laughs> and the, yeah, uh, anyway. Losing their sexual attractiveness with advancing age. Well, yeah, yeah no, we, we all have that crossed to bear. <laughs> anyway, um, before I go, if a burglar slips, this is their legal question of the week, if a burglar slips on the floor in your house and they injure themselves, can they sue you for their injuries? Yeah, so Someone posited this one with me recently and I was having a think about it. Now, obviously, the overriding point of you know criminal law is you shouldn't be able to profit from your crimes mm. so there shouldn't be a situation where someone can put themselves in a position where they're going to do wrong and then and then bear the fruits of that wrong or whatever i think it's probably best to look at the occupier's liability act and it says that you while you do have a duty as an occupier i.e. like a homeowner towards a trespasser someone who comes onto your premises without your permission uh, you, if they are there as a, a criminal entrant or there's someone who's going to commit an offence, uh, you don't have a, a duty to not treat them with reckless disregard, is, okay. the, is the wording. So, 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 so you can't kind of have booby traps all over your property and if somebody happens to be just walking up to your door and they step in a, you know, a bear trap you've hidden underneath the grass, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in bother. You're in bother there. Yes, yes. But, but if I'm snooping around trying to steal the family silver, you know, and I step in the bear trap that you have at the end of the bed, well... I think, I think more kind of... me. Yes, exactly, exactly. What are we talking about next week? Next week, something entirely different, Kieran. Ed Sheeran. All uh, right. And uh, where is the line between 
influence, musical influence, and stealing someone's melody. Oh, this is great. Yes, the old uh, where there's a hit, there's a writ. Uh, mm. Gavin, we uh, look forward to it. Like I say, you can listen back to all previous editions of In Our Defence. Just go to uh, the News Talk app powered by Go Loud and subscribe to the Hard Shoulders so you don't miss out. Uh, Gavin Doubt, we'll talk to you then. Uh, stay with us. We'll have all your business news with Gavin McLaughlin. That's next. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.